wanted to welcome everybody to episode three of Distilling Greatness. We are here at beautiful Short Mountain Distillery in Woodbury, Tennessee. Today we've got uh, only one guest, and but it's a great guest, uh, Mr. Billy Kaufman. Thank Billy, you. Billy, you doing okay? Doing great. Thank you for having me at my distillery. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. No, but really do appreciate your time. Uh, welcome. Thank welcome. you. Yes. yes beautiful sorry. place. We're having a good time. Um, Unfortunately, my uh, partner in crime, Jeff Arnett, is off doing, uh, he's got a couple of charity things that he's doing, so we'll hear about that in a couple of weeks, so he wasn't able to join us. So it's going to be me and you chatting today, man. Awesome. So it's we're always fun. talk a lot about you and a little about the Guild. How about that? Yeah, let's talk let's about whatever it. you want. I'm, I'm here <laughs> to serve. That sounds good. Well, Billy and I, just a quick little background. We get to know each other back in 13, I guess, is when it all started. Wow, yeah. Yeah, it's been a little while. So Mm -hmm. I'll take it from there, if you will. I mentioned 13. If you'll tell us a little bit about pre-13, how you got into it and and what made you do it and and what brought you here, because you're from California, right? Originally, I moved here over 20 years ago, but I was born in California. Fantastic. Well, tell me how we got in this crazy business. Oh, wow. So So I I moved here uh, in 2000, I think, and uh, was mainly interested in agriculture. I found this beautiful farm and uh, purchased this farm with the intention of uh, using it for agricultural purposes. I was interested in um, farm tourism and that kind of thing. was going to do a community-supported agriculture project here. I did do that. And uh, one of the things that caught my interest, uh, I can't really remember what year it was, but Tennessee changed their laws about even allowing distilling outside of, you know, uh, around Jack Daniels with those counties. And uh, when that law changed, it kind of opened up the opportunity to have a legal distillery. And when I was doing my agricultural projects here, um, I was meeting a lot of local farmers, small, small farmers, uh, small farm owners, doing projects and everyone would kind of pool together, share equipment. So I was meeting all these old moonshiners and um, for the first time coming uh, from the West Coast, it was very exciting to me, even seeing that it was something real that people were really still doing. And uh, I always tell this story that, you know, I would buy this moonshine from my friends and repackage it in jars and take it to an auction and it would sell for a hundred dollars a jar, you know, yeah. to the right crowd and, uh, you know, in an au- a charity auction, but still it sort of got my, my brain working. This was before old Smokey and Sugarlands and all the Gatlinburg stuff. It, it was, uh, it was really a, a new thing, you know? And, uh, I, I, was thinking about actually even making moonshine here illegally in my own, in my own, uh, springs. And, uh, and I was being pushed in that direction by my friends <laughs> and, uh, some of my friends who were more, uh, working with the public were saying like, no, you, you have a, you're way too known to do anything like that. Everyone knows this farm now. People come here. Uh, you can't do that. You're going to get arrested. And uh, and so I was like, well, I already shook on it. You know, I said, you know, I would do it. And then when the law changed, I saw this path 
to uh, creating a, a legal distillery. And so I had a friend kind of show me uh, how to change a law using um, a referendum to put something on a ballot and change a law. And that's where I started um, seeing that you could really mold laws legally to, to suit a, a noble cause. Right. Yeah. And that, that's something that's interesting. It seems like talking to different distilleries and even some of our own experiences has been that, you know, there's opportunities, especially when it comes to creating jobs or agritourism, things like that, where, you know, you're going to get that legislative uh, um, attention, if you will. And yeah. And when you, you know, you said it best when the community gets behind you, it's, it's huge. So that's great that you ended up, you know, finding that support. How did you choose Woodbury? Was it because of the agri- agritourism possibility and in, in the farm itself? Is that it? Or, um, I have some roots in this area. My great grandfather started Samsonite Corporation. Oh, fantastic. And he had a huge factory in Murfreesboro. My grandfather worked in this area. And I already had friends uh, with uh, like hobby farms here. Okay. And I did not want to be the only person I knew in a rural area. So I, I moved here because I already knew people. Oh, okay. Fantastic. And, uh, and when I moved here, I started meeting all the ex-employees of my great-grandfather and grandfather. They actually brought me a portrait of my great-grandfather that they had swiped from the factory in Murfreesboro when it was closing. And that's really where we got the idea to call the distillery. It's called Short Mountain Distillery by, by almost everyone. But the real legal name for this distillery is the Golden Rule Distilling Company. And that was my great-grandfather's business motto. And he was able to build that huge company that was eventually bought by a conglomerate, you know, all over the world. It's a franchise. Um, but he, uh, he started this concept that if you just follow the golden rule, you can bring all people together and come up with fair agreements. And he was one of the few people in our country who could negotiate with uh, unions and hmm. different and different trade uh unions and uh he was able to make agreements with people from all over the world because he very publicly followed the golden rule and he uh i think people appreciated that and then i i try and follow in his footsteps that's a, that's an amazing story i'd never heard that and we've like i said i've known you for gosh going on 10 years now yeah. and I, I saved it for that. today. So I like it. That's pretty good. So, <laughs> <laughs> so as we got into this, you you got into the ceiling business. You decided to go the legal route, thankfully. Yeah, um, and all that other stuff was a legend. Well, by maybe, the way. maybe, yeah, yeah, you know. But we uh, signed. We I had to have all the moonshiners that worked with me sign a contract saying that they would never make illegal spirits again. That right. the TTB, I think, or the ABC wanted us to have on file holy moly that's crazy <laughs> i do remember the first time i came out here i visited you there was a couple of them here yeah uh, yeah i mean I, I they're still that. around they come so, around they're, everyone's a lot older now yeah. but uh we're all you know still friends and they come by and maybe if somebody requests them to be here you know um i can get them to come out well it's interesting because i think you were one of the first ones you know in the state i know that the uh Corsair was, was active in that legislation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I think also about you as being part of the, one of the first ones after the law change was also you took it to the next level. Like you were 
if I recall, I believe you're one of the first distilleries to go ahead and integrate a restaurant. You started integrating more of this tourism, this making it a sense of place, which which Jeff talks about a lot about with your bourbon and stuff. They want to have a sense of place. They care about that. You kind of took that to another level here at Short Mountain, because again, you started having festivals. I mean, tell me about some of those festivals, because it, I mean, you're, you're kicking ass. It was pretty cool. Well, I felt like I was always kind of late to the party with the distilling business because when I started, I was the number six distillery. So I was one of the first ones, but I was also a little too soon because a lot of laws changed after I already opened my distillery. I'm not sure I would have opened a distillery in the middle of nowhere in a rural area. It is beautiful here, but um, it is the sort of the way that distilleries are um, allowed to operate in Tennessee is very much in support of foot traffic. Yeah. So um, all the all the benefits of being a distillery is about serving the people that walk through your door. You got to maximize um, your bottle sales and cocktails and whatever you want to sell to them. Um, even the Tennessee whiskey trail, which we'll get into later, mm-hmm. I guess, um, is about that people walking through your door. But if you look on a map, short mountain distilleries in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So one of the things I quickly had to backpedal on was I thought I was going to be in the business of making liquor to sell somewhere else. And very quickly, I realized I was in the business of bringing people to Short Mountain Distillery. So I do everything I can to bring people to Short Mountain Distillery. So we've had music festivals here. We had the Greenway Music Festival. We had a festival um, after Bonnaroo was canceled. And we had, you know, 1,500 to 2,000 uninvited surprise guests. (laughs) <laughs> you know, that was an amazing. And the county really stepped up to that because rather than everyone just fighting it, we quickly uh, adapted and had an amazing festival here yeah. with no note, no notice. You know, I've had months to prepare for other festivals that were not half as good as the festival that we put together in 30 minutes. You know, yeah, yeah. it just... It, it's just how things are. We have uh, holiday uh, events here. We do, you know, Easter and yeah. uh, Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. Um, we'll do weddings here. There's been many funerals here. It just, it goes on and on and on. Musical events, uh, trivia nights, craft fairs, mule rides, um, This Saturday, uh, we're going to have the Murfreesboro Bourbon Club come here for a special dinner just for their group. But during the day, there's going to be 60 people here playing disc golf on the property. Yeah. Um, You know, and then next week we'll have 200 people come for a disc golf tournament because we have two courses on the property. So really... It's all about bringing people to your distillery. It doesn't matter what brings them here to me, as long as, you know, they come here, enjoy this beautiful farm. It's, we're probably on one of the most beautiful properties in Cannon County, as far as I'm 
I can tell. Yeah. And I'm not being biased because I, I felt that even before I bought this property, I would just stare at it and it's just beautiful. It looks like a national park. And, uh, um, but it's all about bringing people to your distillery and, and hosting them. Uh, my long-term goals here really are, and, and we, I've talked about this with yeah. you because you've had experience with this, is to put accommodations on this property or entice a, a, someone who's good at that to do that on this property. So if there's anybody listening who wants to put accommodations <laughs> at Drum Mountain Distillery, please let's do a joint venture or you can, <laughs> you can make me your employee. Um, <laughs> either or. Right? Either or. Um, it's all about that. Yeah. And uh, um, the distillery is a beautiful resource for Cannon County. It brings uh, thousands of people to Cannon County, whereas before they wouldn't have yeah. come here. But, uh, but it is all about bringing people here and not, and I'll do anything to bring people here. Yeah, I, I do. I think you've done an amazing job at that. And like I said, you kind of led the, the charge, if you will, you know, um, and I think it, it kind of leads here to the next point of our conversation is the importance of the foot traffic. I mean, I know that, um, you know, you look at Jack Daniels and I believe their numbers were three or 400,000, three or 400,000 people a year come to Jack. And then you look at some of our, the distilleries that are now open, whether it's, um, you know, old forge, old smoky yeah. sugarlands. And we're talking a million, million, million yeah. to 4 million people, yeah. you know, <laughs> and, and people just go, wait a minute, wait, yeah. Jack Daniels, you know, the number one most recognized brand in the world. Cause Three. it takes a village. It, that's right. Cause so. it takes a village and Gatlinburg yeah. is a village yeah. designed to entice people to come there. That's right. Yeah. And I want Cannon County, uh, to do the same thing. Yeah. And, it the problem is money yeah infrastructure and uh and someone taking a risk and and you know that that old adage whatever uh build it and they will come yeah it's true yeah but uh you you need you know at a certain point the infrastructure to make people comfortable is insurmountable to a small business owner right. because you have some people, maybe 5% of our pe people that come here can stay in a tent, you know, be comfortable mm -hmm. doing that and happy. But the mass majority, you know, probably people listening at home right now, they don't want to bring a tent to a distillery. They yeah. don't want to bring an RV to a distillery. They want to get to the distillery, have there be a cabin for them to stay in yeah. and sleep and of shower yeah. yeah and yeah. watch tv when when they want to zone out and, yeah and that's what i want to give them someday yeah so absolutely i'm in it for the long haul i've been here over you know like i said i've had this farm over 15 16 years now i don't even remember that huge tree behind you i planted it yeah. and uh <laughs> so that's how long i've been here and uh i think uh someday it will I'll, I'll be able to say like, yes, that was my vision. It's, I've done a lot of things here, but I've not fulfilled my, my yeah. vision yet, I think. Well, I think it's because you've got that long-term vision. I, I think it comes, it's interesting, you've got this long-term vision for this individual distillery. And it's, it's interesting because every distillery, as you know, you've probably been to most of them just like I have, every distillery across the states. They're, they're all unique, whether it's an, yeah. an urban one or, yeah. or, you know, other rural ones, you know. The thing is, is something I find really interesting is how you had this vision to bring it together when if you know your first step in bringing it together was bringing us together to form 
oh, an yeah. association or a guild, you know? So what I remember is you kind of had these pockets of people talking, et cetera, and you knew so-and-so yeah. or you'd hear a name. Yeah. And then I remember getting a, um, uh, getting a call in, uh, from, uh, I think it was actually from Andrew over at Corsair, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he said, look, we're going to get together in Nashville. Billy Kaufman's yeah. getting us together. So you had this vision to bring us okay. all together yeah. and create the Tennessee Distillers Guild. Um, and that was really out of frustration. Really, yeah. Because like when I started this distillery, I immediately realized that Tennessee has had a vacuum of power in this industry for 100 years. And that Jack Daniels was such a presence here they had their own power structure, but there was no uh, trade uh, power. There, there was no distillers union. And uh, the, the distributors were walking all over us. Even the liquor stores, everyone was. And nobody really knew what the laws were. People were sort of winging it at, in the ABC. And... Uh, and so getting all the distilleries together to create the guild was really out of desperation to like get some power so that it wasn't just me like complaining all the time about yeah. how unfair things were. And I remember um, ev everyone tried to talk me out of it really because they were like, uh, you know, these guys aren't going to like each other. You know, yeah. Dickel and Jack Daniels, they're not friends. They're, they're at war right now over Tennessee whiskey uh, classifications. And this guy doesn't like this guy. And I was like, let's just do it anyway. You know, and it, I think all that friction actually helped bring us all together. Because if you remember, there was that point where um jack daniels and dickel were going at a diageo and brown foreman over mm -hmm. the classification of tennessee whiskey and all these small distilleries started coming together under the guild and and i think that's when uh, the larger distilleries saw that these small distilleries could um give them credibility as far as like what their desires are, it wasn't just D Jack Daniels versus Diage. It was Jack Daniels and these 10 small distilleries versus yeah. Diageo and one other guy, yeah. or, or, or there was maybe two distilleries, you know, some, yeah. some more uh, radical distilleries, maybe. Yeah. I don't remember their name. Do they West. still exist? Yeah, it's out know? West. Uh, I can't remember the name. Full Throttle. Full throttle. Was yeah. it full throttle? Yeah, it was full throttle. So. And, and are they in the guild now? No, no, they never did. They never joined. There was a lot of talk about it. But yeah. the original, you know, going back to that first, you know, when you were trying to bring these people together and you're getting some pushback of like, ah, we won't get along, et cetera. And, and don't get me wrong, we both know there were some meetings that it was very contentious between us, but we kept it in the room. I don't remember that. You know, <clears throat> oh, well, I do, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that. You took it more to heart. Um, but the, uh, the thing is, is definitely that first meeting, I, I mean, I recall there was 13 of us, the original 13. And like you said, Jack and George weren't there. Old Smokey yeah. wasn't there. There was 13 of us. Yeah. There's a picture, actually, that we'll get up that you've got. If you'll share, we'll get it, that up. It's on Facebook for uh, anyone to see, I think. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. And so... Uh, we got together and, and talked about it and brought the board together. I think yeah. you got a funny story how you were president, right? Didn't oh, <laughs> yeah, because I think Jeff Pennington, um, from, uh, yeah. he uh, 
what what's his distillery pennington distillery yeah, Co- yeah. so um he he really took all the air out of it for me because he was like well i thought it was clear i should be president you know yeah. it was, i'm the one who organ- was organizing it but um i didn't really care honestly i just wanted it to exist and pennington says well I think Billy Kaufman should be president because he's got the biggest mustache. <laughs> the best. Biggest and best. The biggest. No, I don't think he said uh, the best. I think it's best. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. I was the only one with the mustache back then. <laughs> That's true. And uh, I saw a lot of facial hair come into play after I, <laughs> I was president. That was a requirement. Huh? Yeah, yeah. People started growing their beards out. But um, uh, yeah, so, so I became president. And, and we didn't have any money then no i think we didn't even know how we were going to proceed but when jack and george saw that we had legislative sway just by our sheer numbers not by our clout not because we had a uh a lobbyist i think they um saw the value of a guild and started putting in more money and and really you know for you know to their credence uh, or uh to they they helped make yeah I make think so the, you the know, guild a real thing. Talked to them, you 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 know got it started, and I, and you I think also led the search for you or Jeff one led the search for the lobbyists as well. Yeah, or executive well that, director. I'm going to give credit to Mike Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he's not in the guild either, is he? Mm, no, so, but he has a distillery. Um, he was a lobbyist or is a lobbyist, and uh, he had a he started a uh, Collier McKeel. They don't exist anymore, but that was a small distillery back in the day. One of the first just brands, yeah. I think. And uh, he was a lobbyist and he basically told me what steps I needed to do. And he presented lobbyists to me who could be uh, the executive director yeah. of the guild. And that's how I met Jill Talbert, who has been our, she's really like the the blood of you know, the brain maybe of the guild or something. Um, she's a major organ of the guild. Um, and, uh, and I met her back then and I think she sort of did it almost pro bono for a while. At the beginning she did. Yeah. I think it was the first year or two. It was a pretty low price for her to do the ED, but we didn't really have any legislative efforts at that time. You know, we supported the bear or the definition. And then we took about a year and did some observations and stuff, but but yeah, and that's the that's the big purpose of this conversation is that with you being being one of the first distilleries, you know, I know you said number six, but that's still one of the first when you look at there's over fifty now in the state. Yeah. Maybe I'm you know, number seven, I don't know. Yeah. Six or seven. Yeah, but still, I mean, you're talking yeah. again over fifty now. So that's that's yeah. that's pretty pretty strong to be up yeah. there. Having been that and then having been the first person to bring us together to have a voice, you know, what we're trying what we're gonna do is our next episode, we're gonna start talking about you know, the next steps after that, like you had this beginning time and then mm-hmm. it started to grow and we yeah. got legislatively active. So I'm really excited. We're going to have some other people on, on the next episode as well. So that'll be a lot of fun. So, so going back <clears throat> to the whole the idea, you know, of bringing the guild together and, and speaking with that, you know, that one voice, what was one of your, I mean, did you ever think it was going to fail or did you just know in your gut and your heart that, Hey, this is, this is what we need for us to grow as an industry? I wish, uh, I was more, uh, selfless about it. Like that. I think that, you know, we could paint it that I had selfless reasons, but I really wanted stuff 
mm-hmm. you know, to exist. Gotcha. I wanted there to be a Tennessee whiskey trail that we were in control of. I wanted to have a lobbyist so we could push back against yeah. the other lobbyists who were pushing against us. I wanted stuff and uh, um, it, I had no idea it would grow so much so yeah. quickly. And I didn't, it just took on a life of its own. And honestly, I feel like I was the first president, but then I quickly became like a board member, then a mascot. I stepped back, you know, in in many. Yeah. I mean, you stepped back. I I stepped back. And cause I don't, at a certain point I was like, this thing has a life of its own. I'm not really interested. It's doing all the stuff I want to see happen. I don't want to be the president of this thing. And, uh, I don't need to be. So I just kind of, uh, let it do its thing. And maybe someday I'll, I'll step back in and remind everyone why we did it. Yeah. But, uh, but I'm happy now, you know, I'd love to see the whiskey trail rival the bourbon trail. Yeah. But, uh, uh, the Tennessee whiskey trail, but, uh, and we will. But it's, it's a ways off, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, you always have these different bars that you're going to measure success by, whether it's in your business or your yeah. personal life or whatever. And, and I know when, you know, we started hey, off. This is seven years old now. That's really, <laughs> I mean, seriously. So that's what we're like, that's what we've been waiting for. We've been waiting for our, I don't want to say the bad word, but we've been waiting for, you know, I don't want to make this an R rated show. <laughs> we've been waiting for our stuff to age yeah. so that we had something to rival these older distilleries. And I was, uh, I had a black beard when we started. <laughs> and so we're getting older and you did too, you know, <laughs> and, uh, um, we're getting older and, and that's really, it's all about the taste. We're, 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 we're selling taste and it took a long time for us to age, but this is a seven year old bottle I've got here on the table. And I didn't even, you know, I wasn't showing this off. This has been an accident. So it's like that, this is what's happening. And, uh, and that's what will get us more credibility. Yes, I agree. I think the more and the longer that we exist, you're going to have that credibility of when it comes to putting the brown on the shelf, so to speak. Yeah, you we're know. not sourcing and, 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 and blending it, everything. Some it, of us are, but less and less. Yeah. It gets into, like I said, what I was saying is, you know, you have these different bars of success and there's some things that we're just, I mean, we're, you know, we're kicking the trail, the bourbon trail's ass. I mean, they have million three, million four people visit, I think was their number, a million seven, maybe. You know, we're six and a half, seven million people that visit the trail. Well, let's be honest. Let's be honest about that. That's Gatlinburg. It, but it doesn't That's matter. It's the it trail. Does, it, okay. Well, it's <laughs> how you spin it. That's how you spin it. But when, I, when Shore Mound Distillery gets a million people a year... Then well, I'll be happy. And that's what I was getting at is yeah. that you have different bars for each ever each and each and every one of us. But the yeah. idea is you've got My, to grow the whole thing. Sure. Yeah. You know? And so the and more I want, it's grown. Uh, yeah. Like a rising tide yeah. raises all ships. You know, yeah. I'm gonna be the last ship to go up way out here in Cannon County. I, Let me be honest. It would, like, it would be tough. I think you're I mean, I don't think that's a I think that's a pretty accurate, you know, but I mean But time will tell. That's right. And everyone's lucky that Billy Kaufman is a patient man. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's just the truth of it. Cause it's, it's not easy. It, Mike Williams told me, Hey, if you want to make a small fortune in the distilling business, start with a large fortune. Yeah. And that's the only way, yeah. you know, you have to sit around for a decade yeah. and wait for nature. Yeah. And uh, yeah. there's not a lot you can do before that, unless you're in the right place, you know, like, you know, Gatlinburg was built many, many years before all these distilleries that popped up there. I might've opened up in Gatlinburg if I knew that that was going to be the business model, Yeah, you know, but I didn't. And, uh, and that's okay. Cause I got to li live out here and, yeah. and I'm on a different timeline, yeah. but, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a crazy business. I don't know. Uh, I don't know anything else like it. I don't know. Uh, I don't even know if I'm in the same business as some of these other distilleries cause everyone does it so different. Yeah. We're all sort of selling liquor, but we're all in different businesses. Yeah. And I think that's, again, that goes back to the, the credit of bringing us together. You know, we still represent, you know, 99% of, of all distilleries in the state are part of our guild. Yeah. You know, from a volume perspective. Um, but then, you know, you bring these different people together and we're accomplishing a lot of stuff. I mean, since 2014, March of 14 is when it, when we had that meeting. Yeah. You know, you're looking at almost 10 years. I mean, yeah. we've accomplished a lot. Sure. And, and, yeah. and that's a credit to everybody, whether it's a pa somebody patient in Canyon County yeah. or, you know, somebody in Memphis that wanted to do their own thing. And, yeah. and we said, well, now, wait a minute. If what's good for one's good for all. And they were okay, you know. When, when the people, when the people of Tennessee and the people of the United States, people of the world start looking at the Tennessee whiskey trail and Tennessee whiskey the same way they gaze at bourbon, yeah. you know, like that they associate with Kentucky. I make bourbon, but everyone yeah. thinks it's all only made in Kentucky. Yeah. Um, 90% of the people that come here. Yeah. Um, when that propaganda is, is countered, then we will have won. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that'll take a long time. I mean, I, I say long, it'll take a while. It but, takes but a long steps. time. Like yeah. we've made the Tennessee whiskey trail. We made the guild. Yeah. We have festivals, but the, when we change culture, we've won. Yeah. We haven't done that yet. Right. We so haven't so done that go. yet, yeah. but we're yeah. this podcast. Yeah. Everything we do is yeah. about doing that. That all our marketing, every, you know, every time oh, yeah. we tell, every time someone visits here, I give them a tour. We're pushing the needle a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I agree completely. And, and it's, it's, um, it's definitely an industry that again, you see a lot of top A personalities, you see people that are investing their life savings, Yeah. you know, and so of course they're going to be passionate about whether it's Cannon County or Memphis or, you know, bootleggers up in Newport, you know, sure. And for, for us to have been able to bring that together, I think is huge. And, and to, to, for you to have that, have, have had that vision, uh, whether it was selfless or not, it doesn't matter because yeah, it, doesn't it, matter. it doesn't matter at all because it still brought it together. Yeah. I didn't do it. I couldn't do it alone. You know? And I wanted everyone else yeah. to, to join me in, in the crusade. Yeah. But you know, it's a longer crusade than I thought. I thought it would be a, yeah. you know, a three day operation. And then here we are 
you know, 10 years later. Yeah. No kidding. That's true. Um, now I do have uh, a story to tell on you and I'm going to admit right I'm the one that has, here. that has grown the story to the, the level that it is. <laughs> Our first meeting, <clears throat> we had that Nashville city club. You he got says that story, fun. but he means a lot. Uh, no, this is a, <laughs> this is a nonfiction story okay. is what this is. So we all go in there. I want to tell you, we'll give you my perspective from, from the new guy walking in. Walk in, there's Billy, and I'm like, man, Billy's got his own distillery. He's, you know, I'd, I'd actually talked to you on the phone. I think you were selling your first still, um, um, smaller one. Anyway, I had talked to you about that, blah, 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 and uh, go in there, and we're in this fancy place in Nashville, and we start throwing money in the table for the, the Coca-Colas and Sprites right. on the table. Right. And I mean, I think you walked away with like 1200 bucks that day. That is not I, true. I mean, that's that, what is, I that is the lie. That <laughs> I, is the lie. I recall 1200 bucks. That is a lie. I think everybody in there says that's the same a lie. thing. <laughs> who, put in, who put in more than five bucks? <laughs> I don't even know if I put five in. Yeah. You, know, you, put, you, you put in the most amount of money. It was maybe 20. Maybe 20. Okay. So, so what happened was there was some sort of like, I can't remember where we were, some sort of public room you could rent at some club. National City Club, yeah. National City Club. Yeah. And you could rent this room there if you were a member. I had a friend who told me that he would let me use that room. But I think it was like, I can't remember how much money it was. <laughs> I'm going to make up a number like 50, a hundred bucks. I don't yeah. remember yeah. to use that room. And then I brought some drinks yeah. and donuts yeah. and I wanted everyone to, it was not about getting reimbursed. It was about <laughs> everyone realizing that this was not going to be the Billy Kaufman show. I wasn't putting on, yeah. I wasn't a host. I wanted everyone to be equal and uh, get have equal contribution so that we would all work together and share the burden. I didn't want to pay for this room to host all these guys to talk about this idea I had. I wanted everyone to realize that it was uh, a, something for all of us to benefit from. Right. That was the only reason. I don't think I made any money. I don't remember walking out of there like feeling like I had pulled the wool over anyone. No, that had never happened. That never happened. I wish it happened. I'll tell you one thing I did. I spent my own money and made Tennessee Distillers Guild patches. You were giving me hell about that. At my last year's president, you're like, we've never even, we've never gotten anything from you. Yeah. Talking about from me, I gave us patches and I was like, wow, that's pretty yeah. deep, you know. And I paid for those <laughs> and I never got reimbursed. <laughs> Maybe, and I still have some and I'm going to just put it so out there. Mine. These things are worth, they got, they're worth a grand a piece. Now. <laughs> so Turn I've that receipt a, in. I still got a whole box of them. Turn the receipt into charity. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be great. So, no, that was good times, man. And, and yeah. you know, the whole thing, the purpose, like I said, of today is getting together and chit-chatting and just kind of reliving a little bit. Yeah. How you got it going. It, uh, it, so was, awesome. it was awesome. I always tell people, they're like, oh, you know, tell us about, you know, what you do, what you've done. And uh, I would say, that, like, my biggest accomplishment was something that I started um, and just grew way beyond me quickly. And that's the Tennessee Distillers Guild. It's uh, it was, I just had an, a, a wild hair to start it. 
anyone would have started it after me, but I was just the guy who did it first. And, uh, um, and it just took off real quick. It was the right thing to do at the right time with, and then everyone got behind it and it took off quickly. The state got behind it and started putting, uh, resources into it. We got, um, the big distilleries behind it, all the smaller, medium sized distilleries, um, trade, it just was the right thing to do. And I think, uh, you know, I didn't do that much, but I did start it. And, uh, and I do tell people it's, you know, it, you know, if, if I die tomorrow, you know, at least I made a mark and started the Tennessee distillers Guild. I can go down in some books that, you know, that, 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 yeah. At least I did that. No, At least 100%. I did that. And can, it was a good, it's a good thing. It's a great thing. It's a good thing for, for the economy. It it's, brings a lot of joy to people. I love it when, you know, people realize they're on the Tennessee whiskey trail and yeah. all of a sudden I see commerce and they start planning, you know, the next month of their life to like spend money in Tennessee. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm like, wow, you know, it's, it's just a, a construct that we came up with and, and here it is working and every, just thousands of people, millions yeah. are, are involved with it. And, uh, it's a great thing. It's, yeah. uh, co- commerce is a great thing. It's what brings us together and especially like, uh, buying things local, um, utilizing agriculture, uh, agro-tourism. It's just great for everything. Yeah. It's definitely opened up a lot of doors for a lot of people. And I can tell you, having come in shortly thereafter, I think we were number 12, maybe something like that, 12, 13. So we came in considerably after you, yeah. obviously. But, I sort um, of, it's all a blur. I remember you from the beginning. Yeah. So, I so I, um, but no, I remember I appreciated it and, and, and a lot of people since and appreciated it, seeing some of the, you know, being at some of these meetings and seeing the new people come in you know, and listening to them, uh, it's like, wow, I feel like it's deja vu. So, so, you know, I really appreciate your time and letting this, it's over already. I know 40 minutes. I haven't even done my shtick yet. (laughs) He's got a little dance. Yeah. I'm going to do a dance. dance. But the next episode, uh, just let everybody out there know, we're going to be going, going to continue down a little bit farther down the path of, um, of, uh, where the guild is now, so to speak, Uh, a little bit of update from we'll have charity tomb, Stan Webster from postmodern on here, Kim Mitchell, um, Jeff will be back with me, uh, having a good old time and, uh, and we'll have a good time chatting about it. So look forward to, to talking to you again soon, Billy. Yeah. I'll see you soon. Thank you so much. And thanks for doing what you did in your vision. I'll see you at grains and grits. I better see you before then. I mean, that's, that's November. Oh, whoops. Oh no. I'll see you at, uh, Roaring Bar. Roaring. No, I won't. I'm not going to go to that. Oh, we didn't say Yes, that. I am. Yes, yes I am. Going. I have to. He's going to Roaring Poor. We're going to see him This will be my first year at Roaring Poor. All right. All right. Man, I appreciate you a ton. Thanks, Billy. All right. See ya. Appreciate everybody. Thanks.